On today's episode of Locked on Spartans, we are going to take the temperature of the football team at the uh, halfway point of the season and then also check in on our prop bet contest and see where we aired in the lines that we set. Let's go. You are Locked on Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Monday, November 23rd, the year is 2020. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my also with a crying baby and his house co-host, Matt Sheehan. He's got some thoughts to get off his chest today, Will. <laughs> so he, he wasn't none too pleased about Rutgers play calling in the triple oh overtime God. game against Michigan. He's just got a vent uh, a tad, if yeah. you can understand that, yeah. My baby started crying right before we started recording. Matt started crying right as we started. It's all good. This is how life works. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get twenty percent off your next order. Yeah, I wanted to fight Greg Schiano. Why? Not, yeah, not a good idea for me. But it just centering your kicker in overtime for a forty-five yarder when he was on the soccer team last year. When Fox, no, I'm sorry, when Big Ten Network started to air the soccer montage before the field goal kick, it was like, all right, second overtime. Okay, here we go. Like, why are we needing the ball behind the line of scrimmage in overtime? What infuriated me more, though, and yes, I am still salty about this. This would have been a great cap to a Saturday night to see the Scarlet Knights down Michigan. What infuriated me the most, to start second overtime, that brilliant screen pass play. Yeah. Where was that in the first overtime, Greg? <laughs> Where was that, Greg? Like, that would have been perfect. They would have sold out completely on the run. You could have walked the 25 yards to the end zone. <sighs> I digress. Oh well. To be to be fair, Shiano's not calling plays, but I'm pretty sure he was dictating. Well, the his headset, whatever. You, you get yeah. what I mean. I, I, yeah, I'm, I don't know the first name of the Rutgers offensive coordinator at the time I had, so I just went to Greg there. Yeah. So yeah, I am salty about that though. I'm, I'm not going to act like I'm was, not. Like that was a bummer. That was a huge bummer. It was nice not having MSU football though, wasn't it? There was there's something to that, right? It was a little relaxing, you know, not yeah. having to stress out from noon to three thirty or yep. noon to one, however long they're competitive in the game for. It's it's nice. Now, Will, Will, yeah. that means this Saturday though, back to back football and basketball. So we go from one extreme to the other of a very relaxing Saturday to upwards of oh, what could be seven hours of just straight Spartan yeah. sports, baby. <laughs> That's yeah. living. Get a get an hour gap in between those two. That'll be uh, fun. We'll talk about that later in the week. Today, our plan is to do a, a temperature check, so to speak, of the first four games of Michigan State's football season. We're at the halfway point here, you know, considering the nine game, whatever it's being called, well, the Big Ten enough, crossover yeah. Champions Week, whatever. We're about halfway through, and I feel like it's a good shot to, or a good chance, good time to look back, evaluate, and sort of see where things stand. And then we're going to finish up the show by going through the prop back contest and laughing at some of the absolutely terrible lines that Matt and I set, mostly me, but that Matt and I set for this season. That's the plan for today's show. Reminded to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every single day. Bang. Look at that. Big week coming up, Will. <laughs> Hoops is back. Yeah. Football yeah. is, as of yeah. now, back. This back. is very exciting. 
Also, spartanswill.substack.com, I wrote about where the MSU roster sits in relation to the future. Who might be the contributors in the future, like the, the priorities, who could be maybe entering the portal, what positions could MSU be using the portal to address as it relates to keeping seniors around, the scholarship issues, all the stuff that's going to happen this season. I feel like MSU and the coaching staff, like Mel Tucker said, they feel like they got a pretty good idea of what they have, and I think there are certain spots that even this early, you know, end of November, we can peg as like, all right, this is going to get switched up next year via the portal. So I get into some of that, spartanswill.substack.com. Speaking of, Matt. Yeah, go on. The temperature check, the yes. report card, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's not good, is it? Well, it's looking like my report card back in like the, the days of middle school, early high school. It's uh, t- touch and go, more touch than yeah. go. Yeah. Had I pulled you aside a month and a half ago and said, all right, Mm-hmm. After four games, Michigan State's going to be one and three. They're going to yeah. have uh, a couple really bad performances. Um, one pretty good one, or I guess one really good one that you feel great about mm-hmm. in the win. They're going to be up and down. There's going to be a couple guys that you feel like, hey, it's a good football player. There's going to be a lot more guys that you're like, yeah, that's not the answer. We're, we need some help here. Mm-hmm. If I just laid out that scenario to you six weeks ago, what would your reaction have been? Yeah, if you just said, you know, one good performance and some key guys that are playing pretty well, I'd say, okay, cool. Yeah, we started the season with a win against Rutgers. Uh, Eli Collins has picked off or picked up where he left off. Um, all things are well. Quarterback situation might be a little spotty, but yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, one one and three with a win against Rutgers and your <laughs> usual suspects performing pretty well. Julian Barnett's uh, coming in pretty well on the defensive side <laughs> of the ball. Yeah, I, I think that's what I would think, perhaps. It's kind of, I mean, the cast of characters is, is different, certainly yeah, from our expectations. Of course, yeah. But just in like looking back on it, it's maybe a little worse than we expected, but nobody <sighs> of sound mind thought they were going through the first four games better than 2-2. Two and two. Like, 2-2 two and two was like, hey, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree Cause, with that, yeah. Because we knew Indiana was going to be good. Like, we didn't know they'd yeah. be quite, you know, top 15, top 10 good. Mm-hmm. We knew they'd be pretty good. They were good last year, and they brought back a ton of those players. We knew they were going to be pretty damn good. Iowa is always the, like pr- usually pretty solid, right? And that, those yeah. are two games we looked at preseason. Like, hey, those are closer to the toss-up range. Maybe they can get one of those. You feel like preseason you can beat Rutgers. Michigan, it's like, well, maybe it's a toss-up, but Michigan's probably going to beat them this year. Like, going into that game, we were, it was a 21-point underdog. And, yeah, that was mm-hmm. a wrong line. It was a bad line, but... There's a talent difference uh, still there between Michigan and Michigan State. So all things considered, record-wise, 1-3 and three or 2-2 two and two are probably the two most likely outcomes after four games, right? Yeah, yeah, tough, tough to disagree yeah. there. And if, gosh, I, I don't even know what would have happened this weekend, but say they had played Maryland and eked out a win somehow, it would have been like right in line with expectations. Probably, like Two and yeah. three after those five games. So I don't know, how do you feel... Like, where are you at, personally, in terms of relative to expectations? How have they performed just broadly? And then next segment, we can get into some specific things. But just broadly, how would you assess them compared to your preseason expectations? 
Yeah, I mean, and some listeners will know what I'm talking about because I had this discussion online with a, a big group of people. But yeah, like it, it goes. Is it that productive? Hi- that sounds like it was a productive conversation. Yeah, totally. Always. Um, no, but it, it goes back to that hypothetical, the age-old hypothetical of, oh, let's say you went one and eleven on the year, but you beat Michigan. Is that a successful mm. season? Or in this case, one and eight. Listen, yeah, of course, on the outside, when you're, like, talking smack to other fans or whatever, yeah, of course you're going to peacock the hell out of that win. Like, that's what a rivalry is. You get bragging rights. You get the right to talk. Yeah, of course you're going to flex that win and act like everything's okay. But, yeah, deep down inside, like, you go 1-11, like, that's just not a good year. And right now, they're 1-3. They're of course, you got four games left. It's, it's a fine year so far because you did get that massive Michigan win. But, listen, like... The Rutgers game still happened. The, the mm-hmm. no-show at Iowa still happened. Indiana, mm-hmm. the, the, they could have won that game. Probably shouldn't have, honestly. But it could have and should have been closer than that. Um, the yes. offense has been a non-factor in the last two games. Yes. Listen, it's it's one in three. You're happy with the win against Michigan. But the other three games have been just so... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that, like, I, right now, if you want me to throw a grade on this season, C, just because I'm feeling nice well, yeah, today. I, I had a yeah. good weekend. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> You don't have to grade it. It's fine. Yeah, Let's but see. it's, like, it's it's fine. It's fun in games. But, yeah, like, I think we'd all be lying to ourselves if we said, like, we were cool with this 1-3 and three start to the season. Listen, if, if you lose those three games by, like, a, a touchdown, let's say. Yes. Or I can, you can even swallow the first Let's, game a little more yeah. easily, perhaps, because nine turnovers in that game. Fine, whatever. But just to, like, roll out a bunch of ghosts onto the sidelines for that Iowa game, like, that can't happen. Like, and then to bounce back against Indiana and the offense once again seemingly comes off a week with no practice, it's like, okay, ha, hmm, okay, huh, yikes. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's, yeah. it's fine. That was, that was going to be the next thing I brought up is uh, pushing the record aside. Say the record was the exact same, mm-hmm. but, the like, the Rutgers game was close, and like you said, it was a weird game. They probably, you know, if you could magically pull a couple turnovers away or make them, instead of turning it over on their own one, they turn it over at, like, the Rutgers 30 one time. That'd be nice. I'd take that could They could very well have won that game and gotten out of there with a win. But, like, even, like, just compete a little bit more against Indiana, make it 24-17, lose to Iowa, like, I don't know, 35-20. You know, you don't even have to be, like, Barely losing or like, oh, they're yeah. so close. Just like competitive, right? Yeah. I think that would totally change the the dynamic of the season, how people feel about it, which it's not a hot take or anything. It's just like to illustrate the point that the record is kind of what we thought it was. And honestly, it doesn't really matter much this year. This is something we've talked about since the preseason with like a year zero type thing. Like, yeah, you want to win as much as you can, but this year there are more important things than the record when you have a team that's going to win just a few football games. And we were saying, like, four and five is, like, the best outcome mm-hmm, mm-hmm. within the realm of possibility. And so we, we overshot that. I would say three wins now is the best outcome within the realm of possibility. Watch them beat Northwestern. <laughs> Freaking jerks. Uh, that would be sensational. <laughs> I, I would welcome that with open arms. Do I think it's going to happen? I, no. the, the Wildcats are cooking, man. That's a, that's a mighty fine defense they have there. Yeah, nine point spread. Um, I know it's hard to make line. We should talk about that, but yeah, um, we'll come right back here. I want to pick it up with some micro stuff. Um, okay. Same sort of temperature taking, but specifics. Uh, but first, a word from Coors Light. 
These days, it seems like life forces us to be on all the time, but every now and then, it's important to stop and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a cold, delicious Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment that is made to chill, Matt. Absolutely. Did you have Coors Light this week? A perfect bi-week beer. I had a Coors Light to start the Rutgers' final drive in the fourth quarter, go. and by golly, did that taste great. <laughs> uh, I was over with it by the time the first overtime started, though, so I think we knew uh, the, the secret stuff right there. It was me having a full yes. Coors. There you go. That's that's the best advertisement we could give it. If you want good football things mm-hmm. to happen, yes. drink Coors Light yes. while you're watching the game. It is the perfect beer to chill on the weekends. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's quite literally made to chill, and that's why it's the one we choose when we need to unwind. So when you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light, and it's the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, on tomorrow's show, Matt, make sure you tune back into Locked On Spartans. We're going to be diving deep into the basketball season as we prepare for MSU's opening game. Back to today's show, we are going to bring it back with the temperature taking of the team. Is there a position group that you feel the best about? Just relative to expectations. Like, I, I want to keep that caveat in there the entire Yeah, maybe uh, relative show. to my expectations because, like, I, I thought they'd be fine, but they're playing better than fine this year so far is probably the defensive line, I would say. Like, listen, okay. the, the Iowa game was not good whatsoever, no. but, you know, they're three out of four, though. Mm-hmm. The, the Michigan game was very good. Rutgers, they were solid, and Indiana, they were solid enough. I mean, it was not a defensive issue in the Indiana game, of course. So I, yeah. And I know that you were higher on the defensive line coming into the season than I was, but yeah, I think for me it's the defensive line. Now, on the other side of the ball, like, you talk about like incomplete grades, but we were talking about with Jay Johnson last week. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you can grade the wide receiver group. Like, the, they just aren't getting the ball the last two weeks, which is tough. After the Michigan game, it's like, holy smokes. Yeah, A++++. plus 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 plus. Huh, this is great. But, like, you, you got to have a quarterback that could find the receivers and get them the ball and allow them to do things in space and use their talents, Will. Um, yes. That's just not happened. But uh, I don't I don't know who else to nominate on the yeah, uh, offensive side options. of the ball. So I would have to just go with receivers because they, they gave us one elite game. There you that's, go. Yeah. Um, my mine for offense is Tyler Hunt. Just Tyler Hunt. Yeah, okay. I, I could dig that. Gilson's have, have a, a, a pretty solid season, too, well, I would say. Solid. I, 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 I didn't say great. I said solid. He can't block anybody. That's why I said that. It's why a, I said it's, solid. It's it's an issue. They've struggled a lot with tight end the last few years. And okay, it's, but yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's so like the, the bar for tight end is so low that, like, hey, the guy can catch a few passes, and that's why I'm giving him a solid rating. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of with you defensively. The defensive backfield, I mean, they've been, they were actually pretty good. Yeah, they're good. They've had some injuries, and, and we yes. overlooked that. They were down three starters against Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, there's honestly, they, they use five guys at a time. 
there's nine guys back there that play okay. Five original guys. Um, Dowell can do a good job coming yeah. off the bench. Dom Long isn't great, but he's serviceable. And we obviously know the role he plays in special teams. Darius Snow has gotten some run. Um, Julian Barnett as well, who's like, I, I expect him to get more playing time uh, as the season goes on. But, you know, the, the, they use a lot of guys back there, and, and they've done pretty well. They were crushing it in yards per attempt. Uh, going into the Indiana game, I actually I haven't checked that <clears throat> since because they didn't play last week, uh, so I didn't get to do some of my pregame stuff. But yeah, I think the defensive backfield has actually been okay, kind of better than we thought they would be. Some up and down, certainly like Kalon Gervin up and down, but like Shakur mm-hmm. Brown's been really good. Very Xavier good. Henderson's a total stud. Yeah, they they have some Chris good Jackson's players. Been a nice Chris surprise. Jackson's yeah. yeah, Chris Jackson's a pretty good player, and he just he's been banged up so. I think if they they've been healthy the the whole season and even in spite of the injuries they they've they've presented themselves pretty well. Um, a lot of new coaches this this season, Matt. A lot of new coaches at MSU. Who uh, are you the warmest on? Who is just who are you not feeling? Who who well, among the coaching staff aside from Jay Johnson? Yeah, I was going to say it's no it's no mystery that I'm a little sus on Jay Johnson. Um, although less sus than I was after like week one because like we talked about last week, and I'll keep which short, is wild because like, they just scored one touchdown in two weeks. I, I know, but at the same time, like you have such a patchwork offensive line that like what what can you do as an offensive coordinator? Yeah. Um, and uh, this is also something that I've ranted about in the past too. But like the, the punt coverage has been so just awful. Yeah. For the first three games like they, they were fine in the Indiana game whatever but like I, I'm starting to question um well of course you just got to go to the special teams coach Ross Ells Ross Ells like, yeah I, I, once again like maybe it's just something he can't do anything about but I don't know like it's not the punter's issue like Bryce Berenger bangs the hell out of the ball like he can well he outkicks it sometimes line yeah, drives and like listen the line drives didn't help or whatever but like the line drives aren't also the reason the, uh, a random guy from Iowa their backup punt returner is getting to the end zone without even getting touched by three hands the entire return like that doesn't seem like a punter prop but so yeah I guess it'd be that like yeah coach cap in the offensive line like what can you do like this offensive line has been an issue for a while yeah it's not a coaching issue I guess um so I don't know it's 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 a tough spot for year one of this staff to like <laughs> and I'm such a hypocrite I'm gonna say like it's tough for uh us to like grade a lot of these coaches in year one, and I'm a hypocrite because, well, obviously I wanted Jay Johnson uh, canned after the first game, but uh, I have since tempered my, um, well, temper tantrumness. And uh, you're an emotional guy. Yeah, am I? Is is that the problem, Will? Is, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's just like yeah, Russell's like okay, eh, punt team's been a little, eh, but I think the hardest, the hardest thing is making evaluations on coaches when it's clear that there's just like big chunks of the team that are missing appropriate talent, whether it's inexperienced guys that are, you know, oh, hey, this freshman, he seems like he's pretty good, but he's played 70 snaps, or it's just, you know, upperclassmen who just frankly aren't that good and are now forced to play because there aren't better options. So, like, quarterback's a decent example of that in terms of, like, I have no idea what to make of Jay Johnson as a quarterback coach. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't have many expect didn't, like, coming into the season, didn't really have expectations for the group. And, you know, Rocky Lombardi, like, he's 
throwing for 300 yards a game, three touchdowns uh, a game, and then went the complete opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to decipher in four games, like, okay, is this a coaching thing? Is this Lombardi's, like, a talent issue, a physical issue, a a brain issue, a study issue, whatever it is, and then Peyton Thorne, it's like it's hard to evaluate a handful of snaps for a redshirt freshman. So, yeah, it, it can be tough when you look around the team to really evaluate what the coaching staff has done, we'll get a better picture hopefully over the next four weeks. One thing, I mean, I, I think coach cap doesn't have a ton to work with right now. Right. And we don't know, you know, of the linemen who have been like inactive, Luke Campbell, Devonte Dobbs. Is it an injury issue? Was it COVID? Is it just healthy scratches, which I would, Doubt because pretty much everyone dresses in college unless, like, is it an academic thing? Like, who knows? But with all that said, it just, it hasn't been very impressive. And I feel like he's the run game coordinator and the offensive line coach. And if I had to point to, like, the major reason the offense really can't get out of the mud, it's the run game and the offensive Mm -hmm. line. And some of that's a talent issue. Some of it's like, okay, why are these guys going in the wrong spot? Why are they blocking the wrong people? That stuff should get ironed out. It really hasn't been like all that sloppy. Like last year, sloppy. There were tackles running into each other in the backfield because they were both running different plays. Like <laughs> just like people completely doing the wrong thing. It was it was a sloppy group. This year I haven't seen as much of that, but they're still getting their butt kicks butts kicked a ton. So that's been a little disappointing just given kind of the hype there, but I, I'm not out on him or anything like that. I, I would, with everyone across the board, like, as bad as it's kind of been and as ugly as it's been at times, it's still like, hey, if they come out the next four weeks, are more competitive, um, maybe pull an upset, beat either Northwestern or I don't even know if Penn State's in Is Penn State an upset? Yeah, brand name. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's call it like, that. Beat one of Penn State or Northwestern, beat uh, Nebraska in the crossover game, show some improvement, and end up 3-5. and five. I feel like we'll be okay with that. And then we can, at the end of the season, like, well, if they played Maryland, they would have been 4-5, and five, so they would have been basically 500. All in all, not yes, bad. Yes, love that. <laughs> like, that's yep. the rationale we're going to do. <laughs> so I still want to see some of that, but, like, I don't know. I, I It's a lot of incomplete grades for the coaches' staff, but... Not a lot of passing grades. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's a fair safe one to say. On. Yeah. I, yeah, I know it's boring to throw around incomplete grades, but just like you're saying, with the the talent issue, I think it's yeah. more of a problem than the coaches themselves. I will say really quick, if you're like really frustrated and just think this is not going to work, not working at all, like I get it. I get that feeling because it like they've been frankly like embarrassing at times mm-hmm. and and they're plenty embarrassed for themselves like as embarrassed as you are as a fan as embarrassed as we get as frustrated as we get watching they're feeling it too like yeah. rest assured i think it's still we got to still always remind ourselves the weird circumstances under the season and just like look at penn state Yes. Look at Michigan. Yeah, everyone look away. Look, look at the next tire fire going on. That's yeah, right. Just, yeah. just anytime you're like, this is this team is terrible. It's not going to work. Mel Tucker is not the right. Mm-hmm. Just look at Penn State. Yep. Look at what's happening with Michigan. It's just a little perspective. Throw in Nebraska, too. Why not? Yeah. Throw, oh, throw yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well. Throw Nebraska in yeah. there. 
It's not to excuse Michigan State's poor play. It's just perspective. That's yeah, the, the grass like, is a little browner on that side of the fence, it right? It could be a lot worse in year, like, this could be year six. It could be D'Antonio doing this, frankly. And it would be, they might be 0-4 if it was, and that would be just unbearable because really we're going to fire a coach during a pandemic, like, you know, right? that whole thing. It, it's not as bad as it could be. So just a little perspective, that's it. Yeah, and okay. I got to do a better job reminding myself, and you got to do a better job reminding yourself. We you all think have so? to do better. Yeah, yeah I, I guess. We all have to do better with the perspective. <laughs> yeah. Totally. All right. Let's pause here and come back, and we'll laugh at me. Yeah, so looking forward to that. First word from Built Bar. Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And Matt, they've got a new and improved formula that's <laughs> yes, even more delicious. Sir. They had great protein bars, and now they've got super duper great protein bars. I don't know how they did it there's 18 amazing flavors matt which are your favorites well toffee almond of course oh toffee almond anything with peanut butter in it anything that has word yep. brownie is uh yes. my attention well we got caramel brownie and peanut butter brownie bang look at that two bang. for two two for yeah. two cookies and cream apple almond crisp they've got some banger flavors and all their bars are covered in 100 chocolate they're soft and easy to chew and they're not just delicious on your taste buds matt they are delicious on your body body they are great for the health-conscious person. These things are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. You know what that means, Matt. It's good for you. A lot of fiber. A lot of fiber. Take the peanut butter bar, for example. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. You're not going to find better stats on a protein bar out there. And right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. One word, LOCKEDON. And you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Matt. We are doing a prop bet, prop bet contest. I did it on my newsletter, and we, on the uh, on the podcast, helped sort of spread the word. And you and I set some lines. And we got a couple hundred people yeah, entering this amount. segment. Right yeah, on. a lot of people. 200 and, I think, 30? We got a lot. Yeah, Maybe more. Nice. Yeah, I could even I could find. Uh, let's see who's who's 260. I think. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway, some of these lines, it's tough, right? College football, you don't have the same steady depth chart like NFL. New regime, new coaches. Mm-hmm. We're not sure of different things. We had COVID to consider. We weren't sure at the time. It seemed optimistic. The Big Ten was like, "Yeah, we got this great testing system. We're not going to lose any games." And then we're like, "Oh, well, they're going to lose games." <laughs> Right. So we set a bunch of lines. Yeah. Some of them are pretty good. We're not going to talk about those ones today. No, 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 no. We're, we're not here to talk about things we do well. No. <laughs> not in this we, podcast. We are here to talk about things that we missed. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I think one of them was uh, my mortal lock of the, of the century was, uh, what was Eli? I don't, I don't know if you have it in front of you, but Elijah yep. Collins uh, rushing yards in the season. Yep. I think the over I said was a mortgage bet. Uh, so, it's a good thing that sports gambling is not legal in Michigan online yet, and they did not have those prop bets on an app because oh, I would be sleeping in a barrel on the side of a highway tonight. Well, this uh, so this was for uh, ooh, this one actually hit. I gotta mark that. Um, 
There we go. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, so for nine games, nine games, or however many games get played, it's it's four nine, not the bowl games, so just the Big Ten games. So in the total Big Ten games that Michigan State plays, Elijah Collins rushing yards over under 750. <laughs> oh, he's got he's to have a killer weekend against the Wildcats, baby. <laughs> he's going to need to make up some ground quick. That, uh, yeah, oh, that one is, I think... Right? I'm going to look at what he's sitting at right now. It's not going to be a high number. Uh, 11, maybe? What? <laughs> mm, it'd be like 13? that sometimes. Okay, sorry. The stats, this is great podcasting right now. I'm just looking up. Oh, t- uh, 20, 22. 22. <laughs> 22 yards on 19 attempts. <laughs> oh, oh, it's bad. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, another one that looks like it's going to be a bad one. So we did Peyton Thorne pass attempts and Theo Day pass attempts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peyton Thorne's over has already hit. Hey, there we go. At 13 and a half. Theo Day, 17 and a half. I don't know that he's going to get there. Yeah, he's like, he needs like uh, like an injury. I, I'm not rooting for a it. I'm sure he's injuries. not either, but like that's the only way it hits, I think. Yeah. Yeah, a couple uh, injuries, right? Anthony Williams Jr., total touchdowns over two and a half. Uh, um, no, I'm feeling good about that one still. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I'm going to go ahead and mark that because he is off the team. So mm, under two and a half. Cool tough. <laughs> I don't feel like the Trey Mosley one's tough because he got hurt first game, first like half, mm-hmm. like early. So he was, I had him as over under 42 and a half receptions, which I think, I don't know, Speedy might get to that number. Someone might, but first yeah. two games that look like these passing to like numbers were like right on that I had. Sure. They've really, uh, they really come down a bit. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. They really, uh, Really come down a bit. How about Julian Barnett? Total interceptions over under one and a half. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't look good right now. I'm not going to call it yet, but that's a tough one as well. Um, yeah. And I, I might have more locked um, Trayvon Morgan touchdowns. At, I think oh, it was a yeah, low yeah, number yeah. two at like 1.5. One that's a very low number. That I, I don't even know if, he, if he's been looked at by a quarterback. Uh, I don't even know if he has one and a half snaps. Yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and maybe get the sharpie out for that one. A big old uh, red X through through that one as well. Nice going. Two for two on my mortal uh, locks of the century bets. Nice going, yeah. Matt. There we go. Um, <laughs> biggest margin of defeat over under twenty one and a half. Well, has that one's done. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I I thought that was going to happen against Ohio State. I got to say, I didn't know that that would happen in Iowa City uh, of all places. I I felt very good about that one. (laughs) I thought they would play Ohio Ohio State. State I thought they would play Ohio State and be between a twenty and twenty-four point underdog. That's where that line came from. I was like, ah, twenty-one and a half. They'll be at home. They'll be better by the end of the season. (laughs) They'll have smoothed some things out. Well, yeah. That's uh, that's a tough one. Um, I cannot wait for just gambling to be available on a phone here in Michigan and just uh, oh, I know. lose every penny uh, I know. within a month. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so much fun. Um, let's see. Oh, Connor Hayward, over-under reception, seven and a half. Seven and a half. He's at nine, <laughs> so I think I'm feeling pretty good about the over there. I'm feeling a little good. <laughs> yeah, some of these uh, hit pretty quickly. Did a did a bad job on them. No, oh, you're fine. Was um, Eli Collins was your worst? Like you felt good about yeah. that, oh, and yeah. you just I I probably did too. Uh, his touchdown total is six and a half as well. I felt pretty decent about like okay, I think I've, one of those two he'll get over the rushing yards or over the touchdowns. One of those two. 
I think my Eli Collins miss is like the equivalent of picking like a 45 point favorite and then watching them lose by 50 straight up. Like I think that's the 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 miss equivalent of my Eli Collins rushing yards over 750. I've actually got your uh, your your uh, answers here in front of me. Yeah, do you have to scroll all the way down to the bottom of the standings to, to find it? No, is, you have is, is over, why? over three and a half wins. That's going to be tough. That is not looking great right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy, that's a win against the Buckeyes. So the uh, the Rocky Lombardi rushing numbers, mm-hmm. big big yikes. I set that as removing sacks. Oh, yeah. Or no, I, I, I may have... a peg luck by week three, though. Like, that would have been nice information to know before <laughs> yeah. the season started. 425, you went over. Great, man. That I think I fantastic. went over, too. Um, yeah, jeez. Um, Rocky Lombardi starts over under 7.5. He could still get there. He could. If he, he starts them could. all. Yeah. Yeah, you went over on the Theo Day pass attempts as well. That's tough. Let's, nice. let's find me. There we go. Let's find me. Where am I? Hold on. Hold on. Oh, there we go. Um, ooh, I said they'd win over three and a half games as well. They'd finish better than fifth place. Or no, I did fifth place or worse. Okay. Woo, got that. Feel good about that. There we go. Uh, Small said Rocky, Rocky would pass for over 2,000 yards and over run for over 425 yards and account for more than 15 and a half touchdowns, which he's got six. He could still get there. Yeah, and if they counted like interception return yardage, like you would be oh, at a great clip right him. now. You would be at like 1,200, I think, right now, like 1,200 yeah. yards. Look at me, though. Under on Theo Day, but over on Peyton Thorne. Oh, you saw the vision. You, you saw have people it. on the inside. You, I saw You it. sly dog. We see right through you. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Uh, I said over 750 rushing yards for Eli Collins, if you want to know if I actually have people oh, on right. the inside. Oh, right. You have people on the inside of the quarterback room, then. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm actually going to be posting some updated standings for that. If you Lovely. want to, Spartans will dot substack.com here i can actually real quick let me pull up the scoreboard yeah do it um let me find okay so andrew peterson brian cousins in sixth place let me find some people here um this is great podcasting yeah no we're killing it's fine yeah i'm just trying to find one person who's oh there we go um kyle can't say your last name skyteskull that doesn't matter okay that was a good shot Yeah. yeah Matthew Bradley and Keeley Finnegan. There you go. There's a couple second placers. So, yeah, check that out, spartansville.substack.com. Yeah, we got some things wrong. Eli Collins, certainly the number one uh, thing that I think everyone got wrong this season. I don't even have a Jordan Simmons prop bet. Wow, okay. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't even have a Jordan Simmons prop bet. Don't have a Ricky White prop bet. Uh, yeah, don't didn't, didn't have any. I've got a Mike Fletcher sack one, which he's got one, Ooh, so spicy. maybe he'll get okay. there. Look at that. There you go. Yeah, so. Chase Klein, I don't think is going to get more than 50 tackles. Could be difficult. Could be tough. I was going to joke around and say, like, oh, well, I'll do over four and a half wins for MSU basketball this season. But, no, I'm not even going to joke about that right now. Like, yeah, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to jinx anything right now. Not, so I'm not, not. I'm not going to say that. That's, that's personal growth, Will. That's knowing when to talk and when not to talk right there. <laughs> there you go. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Locked on Spartans. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk a ton of basketball. Sure All basketball show. Unless something weird and wild happens with football. We're doing all basketball, just general season preview type things, and then we'll do some more of that on Wednesday as well. We've got a lot to talk about there, Matt. Absolutely. I cannot wait. Back, baby. So back. Shooting Hoop Spartans back. back. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, take us home. Back, baby. Spartan basketball back. Football back. Doubleheader. 
football and basketball. Oh, our Saturdays are back coming up, baby. Let's go. These games are both going to be canceled within 12 minutes of me saying all this. Great. Go green, guys.